So Phil, in this Ask a Negotiator episode, we're continuing with your theme of the pursuit of conscious excellence. We've been looking at a sort of back to basic mm. range of skills, yeah. which you know make a, a, a huge difference in negotiation. So what is the back to basic skill that we're gonna look at this week? Oh, so what, what inspired me this week was um, I was rereading a book and in this book, actually it was a book by a colleague of mine, Simon Wells, Investigative Interviewing, and in it, it was talking about uh, research on police officers interviewing people um, in general. And it, uh, it said, it all starts well. They ask a nice open question to give the interviewee the time and space to explain as much as possible about whatever's happened. However, after only an average of 7.5 seconds, they interrupt the person, usually to ask questions, and it completely stops the sort of free recall aspect of the interview. And, and it goes on to say that, frankly, if we all think of ourselves in any conversation, this is what we all do in our conversations. We interrupt much earlier than we realise and we divert the conversation onto what interests us, yeah. what we want to know and what we want to talk about. Um, it, it, it all plays back into my little theme of we've been trained to talk since the moment we've been born. What we've not been taught is to listen. And I have this little theory um, that when it comes to the spaces between words, we're frightened of that space. We're fearful, especially when that little space becomes a pause, becomes a silence. Yeah. And we often hear I, all the time people say, I don't like silences. It makes me feel awkward, uncomfortable, nervous, embarrassed. Yeah, people get shifted, they start looking around, it's, yeah. And we just fill the silence with something. So today, fear not, as I want to focus on the beauty and power of silence. And I'd, I'd like the listeners to really become comfortable with silence. And so that's our little pursuit of excellence. This is where it would be good to have the rights to Simon and Garfunkel's Sound of Silence song and, and sort of play in with that, but it sadly would. we don't. It would be lovely, <laughs> and if there's any listener who says, by all means, we'll let you play it for this, <laughs> then, then off we go. Um, it, it, in, in the topic of active listening, certainly when we refer to listening, we often call it effective pauses. It's still the absence of anything. Yeah. But I think really because it, it's, it is really effective at achieving a number of things. And, and I'll, I'll just give some examples to people to remind you why it's so good to have silence. Because an effective pause gives space. Space to think about what I want to say next. Because... Yeah. If you're anything like me, my mouth runs away with it. And I personally find that if I introduce consciously a few more pauses, it just gives me the time within the space to think, what am I going to say next? How can I make it more meaningful? Can I add a bit more clarity? 
particularly can I make it shorter? Yeah. Um, is there something that will increase its accuracy? And even better, will I have fewer regrets later yeah. about what I said in a rush? <laughs> yeah, true. So spaces give you time to think. Um, it's a lovely thing, this knocking bell of St. Paul's in I the know. background. So shall we just let give a space <laughs> for it to, to bing-bong? Well, it was only three o'clock, so we only got three big dongs this time. And then, and then an effective pause. And then an effective pause. Which is a clue, actually, because if somebody else pauses, I like to think of silence and pause as a clue. I've bumped into something that's important. It's a priority or it's a key driver for the other. And therefore, I need to be brave. I need to hold the silence and not fill it because there is potentially a door to a deeper part of the conversation that the other is just reflecting on and considering opening. And if I give them the space, they are more likely to choose to open it as opposed to what we usually do, which is verbally stick our foot in it mm -hmm. and stop the moment. I also like to um, describe a pause is as the equivalent of a highlighter pen, which when we use pauses to emphasise aspects of what we, what we really want the other person to really hear. And it has that sort of drawing in of the other person. And sometimes you can even detect the other person leaning forward almost to try and hear you a bit better. It's the forward leaning of listening. And when you combine pauses with all the other active listening skills, such as emotional labelling, it, it has that knock-on effect of they build on each other. It helps take the edge off really raw emotion. So, I, I don't know, you know, it could be as simple as saying, Ben, it seems as if that that was really, really hurtful a shock, and just out of the blue, gutting when I didn't bring you a sausage roll today. <laughs> it absolutely was gutting. Absolutely was gutting. Luckily, oh, wow. I brought you a big Chelsea bun for well, our break. If the, if the listeners could see it, it's a phenomenal Chelsea bun with a beautiful icing glaze and a wee cherry on the top. Sultana's poking out, it's a, an absolute delight. Well, I'm glad it's a delight, and as, as a reward, there is, there is homework for all to do, including you, Ben. So, what I would suggest to people to do this week is, in your conversations, everyday conversation, just switch on the old conscious brain and start what I call to play with the pauses. And I want you to do it in two ways. Mm -hmm. So, the first way is silence. So, this is the application of silences. So when someone finishes their sentence, they're talking to you, I just want you to hold the silence. And just, by all means, look at them, 
look interested, whatever gestures so that you just show that you're present, you're there with them. And in your head, count to three. One, two, three. And if they haven't said anything more, you just say whatever you want to say and carry on normally. So you're just getting yourself to this conscious awareness of holding the silence, but not for long. Then, as the conversations extend, make it random, try and extend it to something like six seconds, because that is quite a bit of space or silence. And I want you to, in that silence, just think about what the person was saying and to think about what would the next most appropriate thing be for you to Mm -hmm. say, comment, or even ask a question on. And if you're gonna ask a question, some little tips around how to frame your question is follow on from whatever they're thinking. Don't do it around what you're thinking, which could be completely another topic. Find a way of linking your question to what they were saying. Mm -hmm. What's also a good idea is what I would call seed your question with their words. So pick something that they've said, a word, a phrase. You mentioned this, Ben. I was wondering about da-da-da-da-da. So you're seeding it and it rolls, rolls on. Make them the focus of the question. So it could be phrases like, what do you think? How do you feel about this? What would you do? For you, would this be important? Mm -hmm. How is this going to affect you and your organization? What's your opinion? So it's very much the focus is on them and not you. And the only reason I'm suggesting this is because we love talking about ourselves. And so if we adopt this stance, the the them stance, Mm -hmm. it's all about them, in the way you phrase and seed what you're going to say next, they are more likely to say more Mm -hmm. and continue the conversation. So that's using silences. Three seconds. Six seconds. seconds. Just get used to the extended silence and use those moments to think for yourself. Then there's... Pauses, think of them as a highlighter pen. So again, just become consciously aware of what is being said, what you want to say next, and as you judge it right, it might be that, um, a bit like me, you're not sure where you want to go. So I've started the sentence, then pause, look at them, um, in, and put on your best I'm thinking face, <laughs> no. not like the Greek <laughs> yeah. thinker. But it might, and maybe even give a little minimal encourage. Ben, I was going to say, hmm, uh, and then start your conversation, pause, then play with what it is you want to, to say. And if there's some something important there or you want them to really focus on a particular word because that's really the topic of what you want them to continue then just pause either before or after to it, tee it up to tee it yeah, up yeah lovely and that's, that's why like, i call yeah. it a highlighter because yeah. you're really just going over it with a yellow highlighter or if you're into golfing yeah, tee yeah. it up yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. and and it focuses 
their mind and draws them in to the conversation. Just be, we do this naturally, all of us, but it's about being more comfortable with the spaces and quite long spaces. And it gives you that time, as I say, to think. Which I suppose is actually probably quite useful, especially if you're in a heightened emotion situation or dealing with complex mm. issues, you need a bit of space just yeah. to gather yourself, even if yeah. it's three seconds yeah. or six seconds. So the most valuable times, you've hit one where it's highly emotional. Mm -hmm. Because people are processing their emotions in their head and that they need that time and space. So don't rush them and don't force them. Just be present with them, particularly when it's upsetting and helpful. There's not, space is a great comforter. Yeah. It's a way of holding them and hugging them without touching them, if, you want, if you're doing it yeah. from an empathic point of view. Um, if it's, if it's the other way, they're not sure about you and they're not sure whether they can trust you, holding the space again allows them time to think about it. And again, this is where authenticity comes in. All of this is if you're using this genuinely and you're, and you're looking at them, you're, you're, in, you're attending to them and you've given them that space, and respecting them, they are more likely, it's more likely to tip the balance in your favor and them to say something because they may, or let some of what they're a bit reluctant to say out just to see how you react. Yeah. And if you, they let something out and you go, mm-hmm. And some of the other skills like do a bit of a paraphrase, which is really just reflecting back an interpretation of what they've said so it's about this and then you look at them more space they'll let a little bit more leak out and it is gradually building that it's a trusting it's a trusting skills pausing can help build trust mm -hmm. as well as comfort in situations where they need that sensitivity or frankly they're doubting you and they're not sure to trust you and it can work at both ends. Mm -hmm. But the only way is, for me, I say, is to become conscious of these skills, to start practicing them with family, friends, children, yeah. um, because they're great. Yeah. Children are, we learn a lot from them. They do it. And then that will give you the confidence to do it at work, where you are much more aware of how is this going to make me look. Mm -hmm. which is the identity crisis, which could be a topic for another podcast well, in the future. I, I, I'm noting it down as we speak. Fantastic, Phil. We've got our, our homework for the week. We've got an idea for another podcast. Um, and like, like always, if anyone's got any great examples of where this has worked for them, please, uh, please do get in touch because we'd love to hear how this played out for you. Until next time, Phil.